Hello. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and a good day to you, sir. And a good day, day to, to you, you, sir. Sir. I have health problems. Yeah, we don't podcast that much anymore. We no. have health problems. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But today's oh, a, a beautiful day, man. Oh, it is a gorgeous the day. The wellness too. is kind of welling up inside of us, and we're, we're back on the mic. That's right. Like a vandal. I have... Uh... <laughs> like a vandal. I've never really thought about that. I, I don't know. The meaning of that, really. I don't know what the is like. I'm as clueless to that as I am about what go pear-shaped means or where it comes from. Whereas I was, I, I did look it up. I don't know if I've heard that one. <clears throat> well, hmm. I have it in here as a revisit. We could start oh. there, I guess. Sure, let's do it. To go pear-shaped. I'll start with some examples they give from uh, Grammarist.com. This episode is brought to you by Grammarist.com. Um, <clears throat> examples. Above all, <clears throat> excuse me. Above all, those who would succeed Theresa May might note that they will, if things go pear-shaped, need to rely on their friends to rescue them. Okay. Another. According to a source close to the couple, things had turned pear-shaped, yet were allegedly working towards reconciling. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Here's another. Quote, I feel like I held it together pretty well in the middle of the round when things could have all gone pear-shaped, Law said. Okay. So I'm, I'm picking up the, the, the meaning, I think. Right. So to go pear-shaped means to go wrong, to fail miserably, to go awry in a terrible fashion. To go pear-shaped may describe a situation in which finances suffer a sudden and catastrophic reversal, or a personal relationship takes a sudden and calamitous turn. The origin of the expression <clears throat> to go pear-shaped is in dispute. Some believe that the idiom idiomatic phrase came into use in the 1980s, but others trace the phrase to the 1940s. They believe that the term originated with the Royal Air Force to describe pilots' poor execution of loops in the air, ending up with pear shapes rather than a round shape. Primarily mm. a British phrase for many years, the idiom to go pear-shaped is being used more and more in North America, especially when describing economic or business downturn. Interesting. Tur terms. Turns. 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 To okay. go pear-shaped. So, so started in UK. That could be why I'm not as aware. It's just catching on here. Yeah. In the corporate boardrooms. I guess so. From yeah. a 30,000 Those boardrooms yeah. love their lingo. Like that. They do. They, I mean, they, they have, have their own. It's like you know, an isolated community where the language they start to develop their own. We could really unpack this if you want to do that offline, Brad. Okay. <laughs> hey, yeah. That means anyway, no that... more pear-shaped talk because I got all kinds of stuff to say about. It. No, please do. I, I was just using some boardroom lingo. Oh, take it. I, I didn't even see. Yeah. See, we're going to unpack. We can unpack this if you want to do that offline. I didn't Maybe even get the bit, 30, man. Because I'm so adjacent to some of that talk, I, I guess it just seemed like normal to me. <laughs> just seemed normal talk. Yeah, you're in yeah. it, man. You're in the fucking stew. Oh, I'm in the stew, all right. So You're back in the stew. Oh, baby, I'm paddling through the stew. Whew. In my little potato canoe. Yep, look out for those. Paddling. Through Jagged the stew celery. in my little little potato, potato canoe. canoe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This writes itself, man. It does. So it I so when you work. said go pear shaped, here's my 
not hearing any of those examples or anything, here was my immediate thought. I, like, it was just like my brain instantly makes an assumption of what it means, right? And that's how you get in trouble. And not just yeah. because of the assuming and the classic, uh, you know, issues with that. But I even mean simply, I sometimes will hear a word or phrase and make an inference of what it might mean. But that inference is wrong. You know, there's not enough info. But it seems solid because the word seems like it's connected to another word and in the context. But then you think that's what it means. And it's very hard to then disabuse oneself of that notion. Yes. Right. And that's the where I get in trouble. So when you but when you said pear shape to go mm. pear shape is what you said. Here's what I envisioned. Pear like shaped. a little a little line drawing. Right. Of a pear. Like imagine like the silhouette mm -hmm. of a pear. Thinner on the top. Uh, more bulbous at the bottom. Yeah. It's almost like a, a, a big bulb with a little smaller bulb on top of it. Right. It's like a light bulb, a but turn it upside down almost. Yes. Now imagine kind of in the top portion of that upside down light bulb there's like a little face a little <laughs> dot two yeah. dots for eyes a little line for a mouth maybe it's smiling maybe it's kind of it. like mostly neutral with a tiny hint of a smile and then now draw some little did you care to join us so, i said i already hate it and my wife you might know her name's leslie had just come down the stairs she's like what <laughs> <laughs> come on in <laughs> so anyway sorry yeah 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 Put a little face on the top part. That's right where I lost you. Now add some little little lines for like arms and legs. With okay. A little couple little lines at the end for the fingers and toes, right? Mm -hmm. And so like maybe two little arms, two little legs. The legs are kind of at such an angle that it implies the 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 per, the pair is resting on the ground. The legs are kind of oh, off they're to the way sides. out there. Yeah, like it kind of is like sitting on that. That big bulbous part is kind of like the, a big, you know, abdomen. Kind of combination right. butt and big bulbous stomach. It overate or something, right? It's doing like a Jean-Claude Van Damme split. I wouldn't say a split per se. Not Jean-Claude Van Damme style for sure. But well, just because of its shape. Like but legs are almost off. straight out to the sides. No, I don't think like that. I, and, and when I would draw it, it would, be, they would be kind of sticking... It would be the implication would be that like it again it's sitting on its butt with the legs kind of out on the ground and maybe the legs are there's maybe 90 degrees between the legs with the midpoint of that 90 degrees being perfectly perpendicular to the pair. Okay, okay. So I guess that means they're each kind of out at 45 degrees. 45 is an easier yeah. way to say that. Mhm. Mm Roughly. Roughly. But, yeah. All right. And so that is, you know, like, and now add the caption to it. Pretend that's, like, posted to Twitter, and now there's a caption on top. They wrote, you know, as their post. It says, I am going pear-shaped. It means kind of like, you know, reveling in overeating and watching TV <laughs> and just enjoying life, never leaving your home slash apartment domicile. I'm going pear-shaped. Or things I mean, are going pear-shaped, right? It, it's a double-edged sword. It's kind of enjoyable, but also you're kind of losing your touch with... Uh, vitality, you know? Yeah, a little bit, you know? Your productivity has sank to new lows, which, you know... But, but you're enjoying it. <laughs> you're, you're maybe enjoying it. Even though in the back of your head, you're like, this there's a little bit of anxiety, you know. <laughs> yeah. That you're eventually going to have to pay the piper for this. Right. <laughs> You know, I think there's a chance that we could uh, 
redirect here, change course for, for this term if we started using it your way. Yeah, it could be. And I don't think you'd get in trouble for that. I no. guess I can imagine some scenarios where if you make these assumptions about meanings, it, it could turn out pear-shaped for you, but I don't think in this case it would. No, well, let's let's reclaim the term. All right, we're taking it back. Yeah, you know, just like how in the 80s when the kids said, it's bad. Bad. And then, it's good. Good. That's wicked. A wicked right. little critter. So. Tenth yeah. anniversary. It is the tenth. We're continuing the celebration. I think this could go for a year, honestly. Uh, easily. <laughs> At our rate, it might be another ten years. I think we could spend the next ten years just celebrating the first ten years. Exactly. see a problem and, with it. And then we can spend the third ten years celebrating the second the ten second years. The second ten years. That's right. Or the first twenty years. I mean, this is... Yeah, there you go. See, that's what happens. You eventually... <laughs> You know, the thing just becomes cell. It's like a perpetual motion machine of content. We won't even need to be here after a while. No. We're it just going to put some itself. terms into the AI generator. Yeah. Just feed, you know, we just uh, get every episode transcribed and we feed it in there and then just, you know, make two different AI characters and just that's it. Let them just go chattering up. Yeah. And it would probably, and you know, the problem is the AI characters would probably be like way better at it than we would. Like it's not going to repeat the same topic 10 times within the course of like 40 episodes and not realize it. <laughs> no, it would know. If it did it, yeah. it would be on purpose at least. Right. It'd be like the uh, AI chat bot that Gilfoyle created in Silicon Valley. I don't know if I know that one. I you don't stopped. Know that one? I, st I didn't watch the last, I think, two seasons of that show. Oh, man. Oof. For no particular reason, I just didn't. I don't know. Hmm. There's such. There's so much. They're always shooting so much content at us on all yeah. these streaming services. You get lost. You kind of drown in it almost. I know it. I know it. Yeah. I, I would like to watch it. I am watching Barry. You might be. I don't know if I mentioned Great, that. Great. Finally. You. Sheesh. Yeah. I watched the whole first season and I watched the first episode of the second season. And I'm super. <laughs> super into it it's That's so where I'm good at right now it's so good yeah it's it's amazingly good it's like Any... maybe my one of like like again it's hard to say when you're just watching something it's one of these things where i'm just like i can't believe this is like they made this like it's so good like how did they put this together <laughs> right right you know how did humans such flawed beasts that we are produce something <laughs> so so that's so good <laughs> right. fucking blt you know shit man yeah it's crazy you think about the shit you know we humans do like here you are on earth all you have to work with is what's here that's it <laughs> right you know, that's kind of what you you mentioned something similar to that i think Rocks. you talked about recreating everything on earth yes yourself. and here but like, but it, you're just on the bare natural earth now go make things make all the yeah. things now fuck I mean, that's in essence what we did, not as a single individual, but as a species. Right. Which is still fucking incredible. I'm just looking around right now in my office. Like, I'd have to recreate this fucking keyboard. Right. I don't I even know these, what it's made out of. I have external hard drives. Even just my weird little, like, linen glove used to handle, like, artwork. This piece of fucking paper right here. Oh, the paper. Forget it. Fuck. What, what, I gotta, like, make a slurry out of some fucking trees? 
and press it thin like a fucking paper. God damn it. It's like you get it all done and then be like, did you? where's the paper? Did you make the paper? I don't see any paper. Where's my papers? The papers. My business papers. Where are they? Fuck. And then that'd be another, like, thousand years you'd have to spend figuring out how to make fucking... You don't have a manual for it. You'd have to make the manual, you know? There's manuals for things, but you wouldn't have the manual to build an external hard drive. But after you built the external hard drive, you'd have to, like... And all the computers and everything and the air fryers, you'd have to make the manuals. You'd have to learn how to do technical writing. <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> yeah. I, I, I think it might be a slightly too much of a job for one man. You have all of eternity. But you have all of eternity. Eventually do it. Well, do you have like a... How do you know what everything is on Earth? Like, do you have a, a, a guide, a map? You just have to make it from memory? <laughs> you just have a divine bolt of like vision? Like, okay, I can clearly see everything that's currently... That's like on Earth at some certain point in time and space. Recreate yeah. that. I think it would be like you'd have a Google Earth type situation where, you know, you can zoom in. It wouldn't be exactly like that, but you could zoom in on right. certain parts, but it would like give you a breakdown of everything right. maybe in that like it, one square meter. It's like Google reality or something. Like you don't right. just like zoom into the street view and see the outside of a house. We can like zoom in and zoom and see the like. Here's all the things. Here's all the things. Here's the hard drive on the desk. Here's the Here's manual the, uh, and everything in there. Here's the, uh, <laughs> the 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 dust on the floor. Here's the storm drain that's underneath, like six feet, ten feet underneath the ground. You'll also right. have to do all the infrastructure. Yeah, all the tunneling, disposal of that earth, whipping up that concrete. Mm. It's a lot of. And some of the storm drains have been repaired with, like, they put these bladders in there now. They don't just dig it all up and replace it. They just run, mm. like, an inflatable bladder in there, okay. and then it expands, and it coats, so it's like a tube within a tube. Just like, You'd have to, uh, like, build it and then wreck it a little bit and then fix it with, <laughs> with the inflatable bladder right. everywhere that was done also. Just like Cramerica uh, <laughs> Industries. <laughs> right, right. They were ahead of the time. I don't know mm -hmm. if you saw that. I'm I'm still watching Seinfeld. I'm in the last yeah. season now. I watched like uh, four or five episodes yesterday. I think I'm on season six. Okay. Yeah. I'm on <laughs> season nine now. And I think I'm uh, like 10 episodes. I'm nearing the end. Yeah. You're getting there. I'm sprinting through it. I mean, I will say, so the last two seasons of Seinfeld, I like, I had more or less knew Seinfeld <laughs> very well up until the end of that. I guess it was the seventh season. Yeah, yeah. But but then those last two seasons, which incidentally were the seasons Larry David was not involved. Interesting. Um, I did not know them that well. I, I kind of fell out of watching the show. And I've seen a handful of them, like, you know, on reruns and stuff. But Right, because we were, like, those were one, two, three high street days when those episodes were first airing. So we weren't like sitting around watching network television. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, but I will. So, so here's my very late opinion on it. Season eight, first season without Larry David. I think they definitely struggled a little bit. Wasn't yeah. horrendous, but it was a little off. I think in some ways, <laughs> season nine, they found their new voice. I think and then season it was nine, I've really been enjoying, even though it's like clearly the ninth season of this show. Like they're like, you know, really make going all outrageous 
you know, and stuff. Sure. And experimental. They're like, what do we got to lose? We're going to do weird shit. Right. We're going to experiment with the entire concept of storytelling. Barry does going to be like little comedic Christopher Nolan episodes. Barry does some of that. Just you wait. All right. Can't wait. But but yes. So anyway, season nine, I felt that they found a new footing in that season. And I'm very much enjoying it. Did you know that Larry David wasn't involved in season eight when you started watching it? Yes. Or did you just... Okay. So maybe... I only coincidentally figured that out because... I was Googling for some kind of Seinfeld fact of something I was watching. I was looking up, like, you know, trying to remember whatever reference, something. And I noticed, incidentally, that it mentioned that uh, that was his last season with the show. He did come back to work on the final episode, but... Right. And he continued to voice George Steinbrenner. (laughs) Yeah. So he was not completely absent from the show, but... uh, I just got through the first couple episodes where he appears as Steinbrenner. Yeah. He's also... He also voices, like... He'll just do, like, random off-screen voices sometimes, too. Like, when we learn Kramer's first name, you hear him off-screen, like, Hey, Cosmo! (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's Larry Dave. Yeah, he was like uh, a guy selling like, uh, I forget, there was something like some kind of street vendor or something. Like they buy a hot dog out of a little window, out of a little like thing. And like it was Larry David in there. I remember that. (laughs) Or when Frank Costanza, I don't know if you saw this, where Frank Costanza's lawyer wears a cape. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. Like just the fucking descriptions for these episodes are so great. You know, like I'm on Netflix ready to watch. It's like. Season six, episode ten, the cape, and then the description is just Frank's lawyer wears a cape. <laughs> it's like awesome. Yeah. Well, when you get to that episode and revisit that one, you'll notice that the lawyer wearing a cape is none other than Mr. David. It's funny that he never appeared on camera in that show. Yeah. Well, he did. Technically, he did the hot dog vendor? I think you saw his face. The guy with the cape, you definitely see him. Although you, okay. although you never hear him when he's wearing the cape, I don't think so. It's kind of one. What you can see him in a very early episode. There's a very early episode where Jerry is trying to remember, like he is falls asleep watching this movie, and then he half, and then he like falls asleep, and he like wakes up in the middle of the night, and is like, oh, and he writes something on a little notebook. It's like he has the idea for the best joke. Right, right. Impossible. But, like, he can't read what it says. He can't read his handwriting. Mm, I remember that. I don't know and if And then I... at the end, he's, like, in somewhere, like, in the hospital. Like, Kramer's in the hospital or something. Someone is. And on the TV there, that same movie is playing. Some weird, like, it's supposed to be some kind of, like, B-rated, B-level sci-fi movie or something. And it rejogs his memory. Like, oh, that was it. But it wasn't, like, whatever that guy was saying in the movie. But anyway, that guy was Larry David. And you okay. both saw and heard him. Whew, Very early episode. He's wearing some weird, roundabout. cheesy, like, spacesuit, sci-fi, you know, like, silver, uh, <laughs> you know, head-to-toe outfit kind of thing. And he's like, I don't know, he's like screaming something weird. Like, Leroy, the fires, the fires, Leroy. Something like that. <laughs> That's not it. But it's something like, like that. that. And Jerry's might like... Might as well be that. Jerry's like, the fires, Leroy, the fires. Yes, that's what I wrote down. It's not funny. It's not a joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't understand people who don't think that show is funny. Yeah. 
It's a great fucking show. Great fucking show. And you can just put it on. You know, you just put it on, and there it is. Yeah. Oh, boy. In mm. season nine, so here's a question I have for you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yet, but okay. And, well, I want to ask your film knowledge. Thanks. I'm going to expose that I'm a film rube, perhaps. <laughs> Birds of a feather. Yes. So... In season nine, you will see this when you get to it. And maybe you've heard of this. I had a vague recollection. They did an episode like it, but I didn't realize it went down exactly like this. But it's, in <laughs> essence, exactly like the Christopher Nolan movie Memento. Okay. Where it's like a scene, and then it's like five minutes earlier. Five minutes oh, earlier. I two vaguely hours remember earlier. that. And it just yeah, keeps going yeah, yeah. back. So you watch the whole episode in reverse. Right. And it's and they did a very good job of it. The way they like set up jokes or like something's happening, you don't understand why, and then you see why like five right. minutes later right. after you've gone back enough, and it's like, oh, now I understand. And it was very clever. It was very entertaining, very funny. So is when Memento? It, okay. Did they just like? Because Memento, I was like, oh, what a fucking brilliant way to play with the medium and narrative by doing it that way. Right. But this sitcom did it first. And I guess what I was wondering is, is that like a classic, like film storytelling thing? That I'm just like, like Rashomon, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that's a thing they recreate all the time in different. It's almost like its own thing, and they'll say, "Oh, it's like a Rashomon," right? Right, right. It's almost Three like Rashomon the movie has now just become a word that means a story told like that from multiple viewpoints. So, is there just some classic, like, yes, this story is told in reverse? But I can't think of like. Other movies that do that or other stories or anything else. So I guess what I'm wondering is, is Seinfeld and Memento both just like, well, hey, this is a classic. This is a, you know, we're just tapping into this concept that's out there. There's some movies from the 50s that did this that's like Alfred Hitchcock or something classic. Or is it really just Seinfeld fucking kind of invented this and Christopher Nolan's like, well, I'm going to do it, but make it like a suspenseful serious movie not a comedy i could probably just fucking google it but it's something while i was watching i started to wonder and then just forgot about and now bringing it up thought it'd be fun to bring it up on the podcast right off the top of my head think of another film that does it that way yeah um i mean there's flashbacks obviously obviously you know you see something and then you see something that happened for that but it doesn't keep going yeah um yeah shit man I'll even give the Seinfeld episode points mm-hmm. for being so totally backwards that, like, at first I was confused and thought, it, because, like, it ended with, like, that production logo. And then the credits were airing while they were, like, talking. You know what I mean? I was like, wait, did it just, like, cut to the end of an episode? Like, what? I was like, no. And I was like, oh, they're fucking, they're fucking things up now, man. I like this. Man, I wish they would have kept going with that shit. And then they kept doing it. And then at the end, it had like the little Seinfeld logo, like it was the beginning, you know. And then oh it had God. the little part that's the, the part of the show that's like. Uh, he does his little stand up. You know, before the, 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 the episode starts. Yeah, well, except in season eight, they nix those stand up segments. There's no more. There's no right, stand up right. segments in season eight or nine. In some of the earlier seasons, they did some episodes without the stand up segments. It was kind of like, you could kind of tell. They're like, okay, this is such a sprawling story. They need to reclaim that extra 90 seconds right? to like feed the narrative. But in season eight, 
and forward, it just kind of like they just nix the whole stand. There's no more stand up segments at all. But there is always an opening segment that's more like George. It's it's kind of like a pseudo stand up segment, like George and Jerry, maybe or George and Kramer or Elaine Kramer. Someone will be, you know, doing something. They'll be have some stupid little like chit chat. It's not necessarily like the episode is started, but they'll be like, hey, did you ever, why'd you throw those peanuts out? It's like, well, they were old. Well, they're still good, blah, blah, blah. No, I always threw food out. And then that will become like, just like the stand-up segments, this whole idea about is food rotten or not will be like part of the core of the story, you know? I do. I do. So it's not like they just like start the story. It's like they, they didn't like completely just say, well, let's just make the whole thing the episode they still have this weird little opening, but it's not in the form of stand-up. It's just in the form of a weird little, like, small talk that a couple of the characters are making or something. It's a little vignette that sets up the theme. Yes. Just like the stand-up did. Right, right. But it's just not in the form of the stand-up. And that's good. You got to keep it fresh, man. Yeah. Yeah, no. Keep changing things up. So there was no stand-up in the backwards episode at the end, because that would the end would have been the beginning. Right. If they did the episode earlier, it would have maybe even been more powerful because it would have ended with this. Well, I guess it begins, it, it began to end and it was stand up. So, what who cares? Year, what year was that episode, the backwards episode? 96 or 97, I believe. So, Christopher Nolan basically saw that episode of Seinfeld and was like, that's a cool idea. I'm going to make a movie. I mean, it's, it, yeah. Or, you know, he's like, I have a brilliant idea for a movie. Let's make it. And halfway through shooting it, someone was like, well, this is just like that episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God. What? No. Like, yeah. Well, here. I got it. Let's, I have it on a VHS here. Let's watch it. And he's just like, <laughs> my life's work. Danish scum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's just as there's like a 50% chance it went like that, too. You know, people have like yeah. the same ideas. They do all lot. the time. All, all the, time. the time. So, but it's like, yeah, this sitcom already did your 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 groundbreaking, brilliant narrative structure. You were you've been working on for the last two years. He would probably just ignore it. Yeah, he's like, he, I don't care because it's you know it as well as I do. It's more about execution. Yes, but I'll say and, the Seinfeld episode was executed brilliantly. But also, Dare I who say cares? just as brilliant as Memento. But it's also not about winning or anything. Like no, he has his and own who vision. Who cares if he got the idea from the Seinfeld episode? Yeah. He still created his own original piece of art. And he, he built and up crazy. on it. Yes. I would say yeah. by making it a feature length film and doing it in this more like dramatic case. Well, here's what I will say. What? All right. We're going to get. You don't have know, to say, here's what this. I will say. You can just say it. I'm just going to say it. Just say it. Christopher Nolan did expand on the idea because not only was the story told that way, one of the characters in the story experienced it that way. Yes, that's right. And we were kind of seeing it from that character. Whereas in Seinfeld, no one was experiencing that way. It was just being presented to us in reverse. Right. And it more or less did. They use the same kind of tricks like, oh, now I understand why this thing happened. You know, like you understand it later kind of a thing. God, um, Memento is so crazy. And they put so many of great things like that in there, you know? In, when in was the, the last time episode. you saw that film? Uh, probably shortly after it uh, came out. Good time for a revisit on that one. That was on Numbi. <laughs> yeah, I definitely watched that again. The most recent Numbi was uh, Vertigo, which I had never seen. Mm. 
Hitchcock. Mm, I don't think I've seen that one either. Okay. Okay. I'm aware of it. I'm aware of some of the famous scenes from it, but I don't think I've actually watched that one either. What famous scenes are you aware of? Like a guy getting dizzy looking down the stairwell. Okay. And the camera's kind of turning or whatever. It does like the Jaws, like zoom in, dolly out thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a famous scene. It was about (laughs) probably 60 minutes too long. (laughs) Right. But I'll say the last 20 minutes were pretty good. All right. But it's like, I, I, I get what you're trying to do, Al. Thank you, Al, for what you're trying to do, but like, uh, you know... Get the get the little scissors out. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, you know, Alfred Hitchcock was, you know, has this reputation of, like, just being so economical in shooting film, you know? This like, was not it. <laughs> well, I, you know, like, I mean, literally, like, when he's on set, like, he doesn't, like, do extra takes, doesn't shoot, right. you know, right. extra cover it. Like, he's just like, we need a shot of this. And he'd get, per- he, you know, it's almost like it's already edited in his mind. You know what right. I mean? That it in camera almost. Yes. But maybe that there's a flip side of that, which is when he made Vertigo, he's like, well, I can't cut any of this out because I shot it. It would ruin his whole, the whole idea yeah. of not wasting film in essence, you know? He, he didn't want to kill his darlings. I but guess. They, they were not very attractive darlings. Plenty yeah. of those darlings, <laughs> you know, and just, just escape the burning house. Leave them in there. You know, you'll be better off without them. They're right. dragging you down. Right. Anyway, it was a little tedious. It had its moments, but it was tedious. There's my review without spoiling anything. Alrighty. So should we jump into episode five since... Uh, <clears throat> yeah. This is the, the 10th anniversary special we're revisiting. We might as well revisit one episode before we uh, run out of time. Yeah, we could get at least one in if you want. Yeah. Do you want to uh, read title and description? Uh, sure. Let me... I mean, I have it up. up. Why don't you read it if you have it up? I have it up. Episode 005, Ever Thus to Deadbeats. And the uh, cover art is Wu micturating upon the dude's rug with his head turned back, looking down the hallway back at the dude and uh, Jacob from Lost. Brad and Adam are joined by an interior designer to discuss the finer points of the dude's abode, including, but not limited to, what Wu said, word dancing, the paradox of the poetic general and the muscle, raising one eyebrow at a possible out-of-character one-liner, the full Kenny Rogers Roasters experience, complete with psychedelic beaded curtain, shower curtain rod engineering, the the inevitability of time and mortality as played out in distressed bathroom fixtures, flaws in the rules of the universe regarding toilet paper how to hit a lazy guy below the belt jeff bridges realization of transcendency the truth of the false archway dude level prized possessions the price of rugs in rockville the blonde treehorn thugs biography from Le- the lebowski eu expanded universe not to be confused with the lebowski au alternate universe where the thugs go to the correct lebowski <coughs> residence Jesus. There was like... um, There was a lot in those episodes. These used to be meaty episodes, man. And there were parentheticals within parentheticals in there. It got a little hard to do the emphasis correctly. Right. But yeah, meaty. Meaty stuff here. 
Yeah, it, the the description ends with two closing parentheses to right. like make them all match up. In the alternate universe, the thugs go to the correct Lebowski residence. And right. I guess to keep the theme going, we'll start at the end of the description and work our way towards sure. the top. Sure. But it's like, yeah, they, there is no like mix up. And I think what we talked about is like, you know, you're trying to go to a millionaire's house and they're like, you break into this guy's house. Right. It's like, didn't this occur to you, sir? <laughs> it does occur yeah. to them, apparently, but just much too late. Well, well, after the dude is like, the toilet seat's up. Do I look like I'm married? You know? Right, like, yes. He, he has to, like, hit him in the face with it a little right, bit. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, woo, what do you think? But anyway, these two <clears throat> these two jackasses showing up at the titular Lebowski's mansion? And, like, what, they're going to go in and rough him up and pee on his rug? Right. It's just not, that's not going to, I don't know. Force the their way past Brant. <laughs> right how would they do that i don't know just uh they don't seem like the right it doesn't seem like the right approach for someone like the titular lebowski <laughs> yeah and jackie exactly. treehorn is a man about town he should he should have some inkling of who the titular lebowski is well i think he definitely does but why would he send two like low rent thugs I don't think Treehorn messed up. I think the thugs that he said go to Jeffrey Lebowski's house and mess him up, pee on his I rug know. or whatever. I know, but that's not the way you deal with someone that's in an upper class. The du- you can deal with someone in the dude's class this way. You right. send two okay. low rent thugs. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. You know, you would I do more white collar shit yes. to the titular Lebowski. Right. You'd, like, fuck up his stock options or something. Exactly, because otherwise, like, someone like the titular Lebowski with all this money, he's got, you know, probably connections that would just, uh, like, more connections than Treehorn, so he would just, like, put a hit on him or something, and then Jackie Treehorn would disappear. Right. You don't do this. And if they did break in there and pee on the titular Lebowski's rug, was that what they went there to do? They went there to say, where's the money? And the peeing think, was just part of the, like, intimidation. It, it was escalation. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like, yeah. I, I think the you. peeing was was escalation to fit the circumstance because right. his apartment was so, like, shitty and run down. He's obviously a loser. So it's like he lowered, like, the, the punishment or the intimidation down to the dude's level. If they were in the mansion, I don't think it would have been urination. It would have been like smashing his priceless vases or something. Right. Threatening to smash the priceless vase. I don't know. But still, yes. low rent thugs doesn't seem like the way to go with a would be millionaire. You fuck up the stock odds. Anyway, that's, that's the alternate universe. The expanded universe is uh, apparently when Jacob from Lost writes a biography. <laughs> Well, I think what we're, what was happening here, it's just like Star Wars has a quote-unquote, well, at least at the time when we talked about this, Star Wars has undergone a lot of changes in the franchise, but they had this idea of the expanded universe. Yeah. So you have, like, the movies, okay, whatever, and then, but if you're, you read these novels and comic books, it's like the expanded universe, you know? Sure, sure. Like, Greedo, what was his deal? Right. Right. Adventures of Greedo across the galaxy. Right. Yeah. So, like, I feel like the blonde treehorn thug is kind of like the Boba Fett 
of the Big Lebowski. Like, he doesn't have a lot of screen time, but he kind of is an, an important role, and it's one that's very memorable. So Not I would imagine if there was a Lebowski, ex- Lebowski expanded universe, you could have a whole, like, Tales of the Blonde Treehorn Thug. You know, we'll learn his name, how he grew up, what led him to this life of thuggery, yeah, some other jobs so. he's had to do. Like, I could see that, right? I was thinking the Nihilists would be more of the Boba Fett, but maybe we're splitting hairs here. Yeah, we are, yeah, I could see that as well. But they, I guess they have a lot more screen time than Jacob yeah. from Lost. Right. Yeah, yeah. no, could right, be, yeah. could be. Wait yeah. the way, uh, yeah, maybe Jacob from Lost is more like uh, the uh, hammerhead guy in the Mos Eisley Cantina. Right. right. Or the guy that says, uh, you know, or he's the, wanted in 12 sinto- systems or whatever. Or that, like, little, uh, of, it's like, snout, like, elongated snout nosed creature that's like ratting ratting them out ratting out the millennium falcon because that one shows up i think later on in another either movie or one of the yes i think that guy like shows up in like an episode of mandalorian or something in the background yeah yeah they did bring him a little yes he is like that i mean like i'm sure there's like a 12 volume series of novels just about that guy like someone somewhere wrote that and it was published that guy's a little shit you know yes not never in any personal he's just like standing back just ratting people out yep you little dick what a dick this fucker i remember what the price of rugs in rockville was all about i don't i don't remember what that was about it's when we first moved to this area we lived in rockville and uh, we're like, we should get a rug, you know, to tie our our apartment together. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a rug store. It's like sale, like 90% off or 40%, whatever it was, 70% off. Holy shit, let's take a look. You know, we go in, we look, it's like, oh shit, that looks like a nice rug. It's like, you know, a six by 12, whatever, you know, n- nice big area rug for a room. Flip the price tag over. It's sixty percent off. Look at it. Forty-four thousand dollars. Thank you. See you later. <laughs> right. We are in the wrong place. Sixty percent off. What a. De- what, this is great. <laughs> great. What's it? I was like, Jesus. This might be a thousand dollars. All right. Well. Okay. You know, tighten up the old cinch the belt a little bit. Flip forty-four thousand dollars. Thank you very much. <laughs> Have a nice day. Yep. Forty-four. That was an uh, eye opener. Yeah. I mean, it's normally, what, $75,000. Oh, that was the price. I was thinking it's regular 44, but 60% of that would still be like 26 or something. You know, like. The the 44 was after the discount. So it was really like, (laughs) shit, yeah, it really is like a $100,000 rug or something. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. (laughs) It's like, oh, we are, we don't belong here. Anyway, that's what that was about. Dude level prized possessions. Who the fuck knows? Probably something around his bathtub. Uh, Mr. Bubble or something. Don't know. Uh, Truth of the False Archway. Yeah, it's something to do with the way his... Something about one of the doors, like, it didn't match up. Like, it couldn't be... Is it the fact that, like, if you can even see it in the photo of Wu that went along with this episode, that door... Like, from the outside, the door is just a regular square door, but on the inside, you can see how they added this fake arch to the top of it. 
unknown. To make it seem like an arched door? Because it's unlikely that this interior was shot inside that actual bungalow that they shot the right. exterior. So, I mean, they could have used something as reference, right? Like, I don't think they were like, oh, this interior place... I mean, this interior place is like a set, maybe, right? Yeah, probably. Like, it could be a feature of, like, you know, California architecture and these little bungalows that they have that, you know? Right. But it's it's something I'm not necessarily familiar with, but it is an interesting... If that's even what we are talking about, we also could have been talking about, like, the archway into the bathroom or something. Yeah, and I know there's, like, damage, but I think that's the previous episode. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what that is. I'm just going to go with the archway we see in the in the screenshot in the thing because the door right, has that little arch fixture as like a decorative I like part. it. I'm going with it. Jeff Bridges' realization of transcendency? No idea. How to hit a lazy guy below the belt. Uh, is this something between the thugs and the dude? Did they say something insulting? Or do they literally mean... Yeah, I hear what you say. That's a better thing like something you could say to a lazy person that really cuts to them right really cutting because they're lazy or i was thinking like someone who's lazy here's how you in essence physically punch them believe it because this is a violent scene it brings to mind that in uh trains planes and automobiles when steve right. martin punches john candy when he when he quote unquote yeah. wasn't ready you could have killed me that way that's how who he who that's Dini how he died. died yeah <laughs> That's what it just brings to mind right now for whatever reason. I thought it was more metaphorical than that. but Yeah, uh, no, I think your metaphor is much better. It's a much what, better what explanation. It, at least um, Hal's broken. What, what does he say? Looks like a real loser or something? Yeah. Just before that? Is that really hitting a lazy guy below the belt? He Maybe peeing on his rug is hitting below the belt because that's created Maybe. so much work for him now. Right. And but, he's oh, lazy. He's gotta, he has oh. to clean it up, roll it up, get rid of it, mop up the pee from the floor underneath. Like, oh, God. That yeah. is a really good fucking thing that if you really want to get a lazy person is like put human make waste. Work. And make them have yeah. to clean it up. Like Make ah. work for them. And then on top of it, make it disgusting work. I'm going to that, say that's what that meant. I'm going with it. Yeah. I'm buying it for $2. Don't know about the transcendency business. Is no. it just his uh, general uh, je ne sais quoi? He had a real... But the actor, Jeff Bridges, he had a realization. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, flaws in the rules of the universe regarding <laughs> toilet paper. I do think I know what that means. Okay. It has... I can't, No, because it has something to do with the fact that like his toilet paper holder... Has like just like one sheet still on it. Yeah. So it's like you can't just throw it out. You want to use the one sheet, but it's like yeah. not enough. So you have to get another. You have to in essence switch the roll out mid wiping. Yeah. And you have to take the, the one flaw. off. I mean, it makes sense given the rules of the universe. Like, there's no such thing as an infinite toilet paper roll, right? Like, but it's it is a flaw. Like in how we experience the universe. There should just be like, take the right amount of toilet paper, you know, at all times, something like okay. that. I'm pretty okay. confident. That's what we were. We were talking about that toilet paper roll and how I know we were talking about that toilet paper roll and it only had a little bit on it. Yeah. What we exactly said about it in the rules of the universe. I can't quite say. 
The inev- inevitability of time and mortality has played out in distressed bathroom fixtures. I guess well, just obviously. aging stuff, you know, yes. for films. Um, yeah, that's a it's a whole career people have aging shit. Mm-hmm. You know, set designers, production designers. Okay, shower curtain rod engineering. I mean, I I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yes. No need to belabor that point. No. The full Kenny Rogers Roasters experience complete with psychedelic beaded curtain. There was a Kenny Rogers Roasters in uh, in our college town, was there not? For a little it while. was. I'd never I gone in there. there. I think I went there once. I think I might have gotten, like, at one point in my life, somewhere, don't know where, but, like, takeout from there, you know? Huh. It was like we're on the we're driving on the way to like South Carolina for vacation you're, or something. You're on good old ninety five again. We stopped at a hotel for the night or something, and it's like, well, we need to eat something. And like, you know, my dad brings back Henny Roger Roasters from across the street because it was like the one thing that was there. Like, I, I feel right. like something like that happened at one point sure. in my life. Wasn't Kenny Rogers Roasters featured on Seinfeld? Yes, it was prominently featured. (laughs) It's even like the title of the episode, the Kenny Rogers Roasters or something. Yes. (laughs) But what about this beaded curtain? I don't know. I was I I feel like I was confused about that even when we recorded this episode, because I feel like you were talking about a beaded curtain and Kenny Rogers Roasters. And I was just like, just went with it. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what he's talking about, but I've never been there, so maybe that's part of their thing. Maybe they have beaded curtains in there. Were we talking about Seinfeld? Because, like, Kenny Rogers Roasters, the light from it would shine into Kramer's apartment and keep him Did he put a beaded curtain up? Kramer did have beaded curtains, I think, but in a different episode. So I don't know, man. I don't, but maybe it was a connection. I don't know. If anybody's listened to episode five recently, can you can you fill us in on what the fuck we were talking about? Yes. Oh, uh, and I know what raising one eyebrow at a possible out of character one liner means. Oh, I remember of that very well. Of course. Okay. Yes. We can move on. Yes, from I'd that. say if the listener wants to know, go back and listen to episode five. It's a very good, absolutely in depth Lebowski yep. discussion. We will not ruin it for you now. And that's real shit we're talking about. Not this like. That's this is real. That's yes. that little bit here. I don't mean bit like it's a comedy bit. The little bit of the show. That's that's real meat. That is red yes. bloody ass meat. Um, the paradox of the poetic general and the muscle. Nope. <laughs> Got nothing. Word dancing. No. Nothing. Nope. What Wu said. Which we didn't know at first when we yes. were rewatching this to to do this show. Neither right. of us knew exactly what he said. Right, we saw it in the in the closed captioning. Right, ever thus to deadbeats. Ever thus to deadbeats, which became the title of this episode. But yeah, what a line! And I, we, what I, a line. I, I don't think it ever really hit me, or I ever really under made out what he was saying, really. And it's so literary, which makes it so incongruous. <laughs> because of the situation that he's delivering this right. poetic line. Well, that's him. He's the poetic general, and the blonde three-horn ho- tree thug is the, the muscle. muscle. That's right. There it is. But yeah, as he's urinating... As I'm he's not sure what's paradoxical rug, about it, but... I, because the poetic general is the one pissing. He's the one being that, crasser and basic. There you go. Yeah, you hit it. You got it. All right, um... Finer points of the... Di- yeah, I don't know. That's it. I guess we had a 
Oh, interior. I forget the name of the uh, interior design. I don't remember. I don't remember what the pseudonym was. Me either. Well, the fourth wall here already. No, no. no. <laughs> we wouldn't want to do that, no. We have a lot of people that have come on the show that don't want their real identities revealed because they don't want to be associated with us too strongly, which is perfectly understandable. It's, yep, we get it. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> but kudos to those of you who just shine out there, you crazy diamonds. Well, anything else? Here, real quick, I know you've got to yeah. go. we got about yeah. two minutes, and we have sure. just enough time for yes. a quick episode of Things Brad Type. Oh, me. lay it on me. Yeah. Okay, I got a bunch, so I'll have to. It's going to be a lightning round. Here we go. Lightning <clears> round. <throat> go. I jeb, you think we might be able to? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Conveyor of cheese, D, 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 I. What if something we said was Shrilio? Wait, is that all one thing? That's all one thing. And it's D, the letter D, and then two letter Ds, D, D, and then the letter I. Conveyor of cheese, D, 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 I. What if something we said was Shrilio? Okay. All right. It, you have no obligation to explain it. Sure. <laughs> so, sure. I do right. know the Shrilio part. I don't know. I, I can maybe make some guesses about conveyor of cheese. I have no idea why they're mashed together. Continue. Okay. It has Kusik already. Like, should I kick that? <laughs> okay. I am not sure how. This is going to coke out. Writhe, amazing, ear horrible. <laughs> Based on coked out with my Pepsi. There you go. All right. That was good. That Those was were good quick. ones. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Well, we've we've got thirty seconds. Shrillio, do you want to provide any context or no? Well, I I was just. I, I, it is exactly what it says. What if Shrillio was something we said? Like, what if that was a word? Oh, okay. Your yeah, your um, syntax was a little wacky. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Got it. <laughs> like, like. Okay. I well, thought we've of said the word now. Shrillio. And yeah. I was like, that would be a word. Like, it's a good you word. Know, hey, you're being too Shrillio. You're being you know, too why Shrillio. Why so Shrillio? It's like know? a 1950s. Like, listen, Bucko, you're being a little yeah. too Shrillio. It's like you know, someone's like, yeah, whatever. Like, Brad, what do you mean? I can't have a pot in your room. Why you always got to be so shrillio? That's like in the whole, like, you know, expanded universe, alternate universes. You know, it could be something somewhere someone says. What about the fucking toe? Dude, you're being very shrillio. Exactly. That was ex- that was my vision. Yes. All right. There you have it. I'm sorry. I was and I did, a, a I did see a conveyor belt of cheese when I was in New York City. So maybe that was maybe a that connection. Was, ah. That somehow was in my mind. I don't know why I just wrote that as a fragment or what I was trying to say, but yeah. Now, those are on four separate lines. Conveyor of cheese, D, 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 I, and what if something we said was Shrillio, but they are together. I think they all came back to back. Okay. It was a thread. Yeah. The thoughts were just going so quickly. Yeah. I jumped from the conveyor of cheese that I saw to the... All right. (sighs) All right. Well, great up. Great up. Good app as always. Hey, listeners, check us out, gutterballs.tv. Send us a comment, subscribe, buy some merch, putting it out there quick. Gutterballs.tv. And until next time, whenever that'll keep, be. Keep it chilio, not shrillio. There you go. Perfect. Chilio, not shrillio. Bye bye.